0: Pack a Day Podcast.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Pack A Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. We had a little bit of interesting news about the Packers on Sunday, sort of late Sunday. We saw on Instagram that Devondre Campbell updated his story and he was located right near Lambo, probably at Lodge Kohler. Um And that's noteworthy because if you listen to yesterday's episode, I mentioned that he had an expiring or like a void on his contract, right? That needed to be sort of figured out. And, you know, it's very possible that he was there to at least talk potentially contract, maybe sign a contract as of recording this, no updates, but it's very, very interesting the timing and the noteworthiness of the fact that he is in town on Sunday night, potentially to maybe get a deal done before that deadline where he would need to sign something new, uh, to again, maybe extend that out or give them more time or maybe just sign a new contract. So don't wanna speculate too much and I'm not gonna go into that topic in great detail simply because no news has broken, uh, but we will certainly keep an eye on it and keep on top of it on Monday. And as any updates come up, you will be the first to know about it. Uh, well, probably not from here, but and when we you know, have our next episode here tomorrow on the Packaday podcast. So we will keep you posted there, but today's episode is going to be a little bit different. And I'm going to be totally forthright and transparent with you. And just to say up front, this may not be your cup of tea. I don't think this is my cup of tea. I'm um, Certainly not what I would probably, in a general sense, ideally like to be talking about. Um, and the topic today is me. And like I said, there's going to be some level of just like maybe cringe and ego that comes along with that, and I apologize for that in advance. Um, Certainly not like my goal here is to just be like, hey, I'm gonna talk about me for 30 minutes. However, a couple things. One, probably the DM that I get the most is how did I get into sports and what is my story and what is my journey and what can other people do to maybe do some of those things on their own path? So that's been something that I've wanted to talk about for some time and go over for some time. The other one is that I realized that for those of you who watch me on YouTube or listen to me on the Pack-a-Day podcast, maybe read over on Packer Report, see me on Green Bay Nation, et cetera, et cetera, you understand that I cover the Packers in some capacity, but what exactly does that mean? Who the heck is Andy Herman? And I've realized that I've never really sort of introduced myself, which seems sort of weird as you've been probably listening to me in some capacity for some time now or followed me on Twitter for some time now. So like I said, I'm going to be totally transparent with you. If I was following maybe another podcast and and they were doing an episode that was focused more on themselves, I might skip that day. So if that's what you want to do today, I totally get it. I totally understand. If this isn't your cup of tea, thankfully we have, you know, about 500 YouTube videos dedicated to the Packers and like what, like 15, I don't even know, 1300 episodes uh, on the audio podcast uh, where we talk Packers. So uh, certainly feel free to go check those out Um, on the audio uh, version. We'll be right back here tomorrow with Jacob and Ross as well as um, Jake Morley and then on the video I will be here tomorrow with Alex Strofe as well as Perry Goldstein so a ton of Packer stuff is upcoming but in case you care in case you are wondering who the heck am I how did I get into sports how did I get into covering the Packers why is this such a passion of mine etc cetera, etc cetera. my name is Andy Herman and I'm the owner of the Packaday podcast and here is a little bit more about me so I am 38 years old. I have a wife and two kids, uh, Susan, Elijah, and Xavier. Um, I was adopted uh, and both of my kids were adopted as well, which is an amazing story, an amazing journey. And maybe the most important thing you can know about me is if ever you want to know more about adoption, my story, my kids' stories, um, how it could maybe be part of your story, Always feel free to reach out to me at any time. It is something I'm very passionate about and obviously can speak to it better than almost anyone because I was adopted myself and went through the process of adopting two children, one in Wisconsin, one in Texas. So that is a huge part of my life. Uh, My wife and I have been together in some capacity for 21 years. Uh, If you do the math, as I mentioned, I'm 38 years old. I was 17. She was 16. We actually met on Valentine's Day. So very recently, 21 years ago. Um... And yeah, we've, we've basically been together ever since then in some capacity. Um, took one uh, small piece of time off in college, but again, have basically been together since then. And yeah, it's been a crazy journey. Um, I'm insanely lucky that she is so supportive of what I do, certainly from a sports standpoint. Um, my kids are both absolutely amazing. Xavier is eight. He's into soccer. Um, Elijah is four. He is into mischievous activities, and he's just, they're both the absolute best kids you could ever possibly m- ask for. Um, I was actually technically born in Manitowoc, stayed there for like less than a month and then moved to Green Bay when the, the, like the adoption started to process. And then from there, um, basically lived in Green Bay my entire life, went to school in Green Bay, you know, high school in Green Bay, et cetera. Um, was, you know, my family had season tickets, which we'll get to more in just a moment. Went to school at UW Oshkosh. It was a history major. I can't remember literally a thing from that. Sorry, UWO, I know that's not exactly maybe the resounding, uh, you know, um, you know, what, what you wanted to hear in that situation, like a vote of confidence or whatever. But I don't remember anything from my history major at UWO, but I do have a history degree from UW Oshkosh. I love my time at UW Oshkosh. I will say that. Um, and then from there, uh, moved to Madison uh, where, you know, right after we got married, uh, that's where Susan went to school, UW Madison, because she's way smarter and better than me. And then, like I said, we got married, stayed in Madison for about two years and then moved back to Green Bay, eventually adopted both of our kids and now live in the Green Bay area. So I've been in Wisconsin the entirety of my life. Um, So yeah, that's kind of my, just my journey and and who I am as a person in general. Um, A lot of people ask all the time as well of like, you know, so clearly you write for the Packers, you're a credentialed media member for the Packers, you do the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. So they assume that that is my full-time job as well. That is not my full-time job. I'm actually an associate director for Russell Tobin & Associates. Uh, We are a staffing agency. I manage a team of eight people, um, primarily in Green Bay. We're working to actually get office space in Green Bay. I just started uh, with the company two years ago and we've built a team up. Um, Again, eight people that I get to work with every single day. Majority in Green Bay, we've got somebody in Manitowoc, somebody in Eau Claire, we've got somebody in upper Minnesota. Um, So it's all virtual right now. But again, our hope is to have an office eventually and we recruit and we do a lot of recruiting. So if you are somebody who is looking for a job, uh, feel free to reach out to me and we can hopefully find you a job. And on the flip side, if you are a company who is looking to potentially hire people um, and are having struggles with that and would like help with that, please reach out to me as well as we'd be happy to help you find amazing candidates for your specific job. And that is certainly something that I specialize in and we'd be happy to have a conversation with you about. DMs are always open on Twitter, again, at Andy Herman NFL. So that's a little bit, again, more about me. Let me talk to you about my journey into sports, because I know that's probably way more what you care about, even if you're still listening at this point, than maybe anything else. Academically, I was very lucky growing up in grade school, middle middle school, or early middle school, I would say. I was always way ahead. I always joke, because there were two people in my grade school that were like, always pushing the boundaries like of like advanced math and math club and all these things like gifted and talented like all all these crazy things she went to yale um, I went to UW Oshkosh. That sort of is where our paths diverged. Um, but everything came very naturally to me growing up and in grade school. And then like eventually when you get into high school and you actually have to like work because the answers just don't come to you naturally and things aren't quite uh, quite as easy. Um, I didn't know how to work because through my entire school life up until that point, I could just do the work. Like it just came to me like naturally. Um, so like, Here's how it worked basically. If you were a subject that I cared about or if you were a great teacher and knew how to motivate me, I usually would get you know B plus A, etc. I would crush the class, I would dominate. But if I didn't care about you, uh, I would not care. I would not show up. I would not go to school. I had a lot of absences in high school, a lot of tardies, a lot of missed days, a ton of detention served. Um, Let's just say that at that point, academia did not become my primary goal. My primary goal was just to get my high school diploma and then get my degree in college. Those were my goals. Like I wanted my degree, uh, but I was gonna do the absolute bare minimum to get those. And I absolutely, like you could not be more successful at at doing the bare minimum and getting a high school education and a degree than what I did. And I don't know why I'm proud of that. I probably should not be, but I absolutely am. But a part of that journey Well, I want to say a couple things. One, that is my educational journey. Everything else that I did, whatever job that I had, I don't care if I was a dishwasher when I was 15 years old or like anything else. If you're paying me, I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to absolutely work my ass off. And I think hopefully you guys see some of this stuff with Packaday and when I'm motivated to do something, just how crazy... Um, I'm going to put the time, effort, and energy in to do that. That stayed the same throughout my time, even when I was in high school working remedial jobs, whether it was at Bay Beach or at a mini golf course or uh, doing before and after school care at you know summer programs and things like that. I would always give those my all because you're paying me money at that point. Uh, but academia you know, just wasn't something that I was massively interested in other than just sort of getting by doing the bare minimum. But during those times, um, what I was all in on was football. Surprise, surprise, right? So uh, knowing every player, every person's stats, what college they were from, my friends used to like joke around in high school. They would just be like, they would randomly be like, Andy, who's the backup left guard for the Jets? And I would just be able to regurgitate it on a moment's notice. Like when Sean McVay got like all of the credit of like being able to know like who every player was on the team, like for the most part, there was a time where I could do that for literally almost every team. And there'd be things like here and there where I would like, you know, not know everyone or whatever. And they would stump me every once in a while. But like, that was my thing. Like I knew the players, I knew everything. And it, it was from a very young age. So like growing up, I would be, I, I literally had, I I'd post this picture during draft time on the on the Thursday, the, the, the first Thursday of the draft, the first round, um, there's literally a picture of me at like age nine years old where I literally have like a full draft board. I'm writing down names. I have like literally like lists of sheets of players who I want Green Bay to take. Like that was at age nine. Like I li- like I literally had huge cardboard, like things on my wall of there where I was like writing down where players could go doing mock drafts, etc. And it just became a, a, like a massive passion from very, very early on in my life. And the first time that I sort of recognized and noticed something different was when I would attend Packer games. And let me just say one of the huge reasons that this became such a passion of mine is my very first game that I went to as a Packer fan was the Kittrick Taylor touchdown from Brett Favre in the end zone. I was sitting in the North end zone where Kittrick Taylor caught the pass. My dad lifts me up so I can see it right in the end zone, catches the pass. Brett Favre, of course came in really first, like first major action filling in for Don, uh, for Don Mikowski. And that whole in, you know, that whole scene was just incredible. Seeing Favre just go nuts um, also, the um, the impetus of my first awful Packers take, um, I know some of you have heard this before, but I was adamant, and I mean adamant, what like eight-year-old Andy, whatever, it was 92, so like eight or nine-year-old Andy was adamant that the Packers were making this massive mistake by not putting Ty Detmer in the game uh, for you know for Don Mikowski and instead putting in Brett Favre. I thought that would be just this brutal decision by the Packers. That was my very first awful Packers take, many more to come for years after that. Uh, but uh, got to be at that game. And that was sort of just, you know, if that's your first game, like you, you're, your, your, your destiny sort of set out before you, right. Nothing's going to change <laughs> who you're going to be after that, after you experience something like that. Uh, but when I started to notice something different is I would be eight, nine, 10 years old. And obviously there's all these adults in your section and everything. And like the game would be happening. And like everyone around me, like was cheering on the team But they like didn't know like a lot of like the more like, you know, the the rules that weren't like as known, right? Like they wouldn't know some of the rules, like they wouldn't know the standings or like at the end of the year, like if there were like playoff implications, like I knew all of these things in the back of my head. And it literally got to a point because I would be attending these games and you're sitting around your same season ticket holders that as I became like 11, 12 years old, like literally the people sitting around me, these adults would be turning around to ask me questions about the rules or the standings or the playoff implications, like all of these things. That was like the very first time where I'm like, all right, this is different. And it's not like I, you know, it's not anything special. Right. But that was like the first time where I got an inkling of like, there, there are people that like know the game, but like don't really know the game. And I was already that into it, you know, very early on in my journey. Um, so obviously a, a dedicated Packer fan for very long on, never really, never really had like uh, an interest into like going into sports. I don't exactly know why. Like I, I just, I guess I always assumed like that would be something like that wasn't something that I don't know. I'm not, I'm not even a million percent sure why. I, I do know that I always wanted to be a teacher. My goal was always to be a teacher. So my focus was on that. I originally went to Oshkosh to be a teacher because of the, some of the classes that I didn't care about that didn't exactly go according to plan. So I got my history degree. And then my goal was to go get my teaching certificate, which I got accepted to a school to go do, but decided against it because long story doesn't matter. But ultimately I decided to just start working. And that I felt like at the time that was it. I wasn't, I was never going to get into anything sports related more on that in just a second but i I did have sort of these things that kept those juices flowing right one of them uh was coaching soccer so at age 15 actually i started coaching soccer for my sister who was 12 years old and i would literally be the head coach of a soccer team where she was like her and her 12 year old team like i would do all the lineups and make everything like that was my first sort of foray into like being like super competitive outside of playing any sports myself um, and I love that. And I did that for a long time. In fact, I actually coached high school for Kakana High School. I was the head JV coach and assistant varsity coach at age 21. And like, that was going to be my journey. Like there was a decent chance that had I continued with that, like I could have made a legitimate career out of coaching soccer, high school, college, professional, et cetera. Just didn't end up that way.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
2: That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: So moved on from that. And then like my next thing became Madden. And I legitimately became uh, like a top Madden player. Like I I actually played in like the Green Bay tournament that used to have them at like the, like the stadium and stuff. Um, And I actually finished in the final four one year, I would be ranked in the top 100 online on PlayStation Madden, like that became my competitive thing. And then as time went on, I eventually started writing more and wanting to cover the Packers in some capacity. So I've sort of had these different things that have carried my passion and that always, you know, brought me in a specific direction of something, again, outside of academia. And again, the the Packers were a massive part of that. And at different times, that interest sort of came and went dependent upon how much I was into Madden and coaching soccer. But all of those, all of those things, whether it be coaching soccer and just overall strategy and knowing how to manage a team and things like that, that, that I did for over a decade, whether it be the Madden stuff where you legitimately learn you know, two minute offense. And I know like you can say, it's not the same. You gain so much information and insight. If you're doing that, especially on a competitive level, when you're playing to like go be in Vegas in the final 30, final 32 and compete for $50,000 and be ranked in the top 100 in Madden, like you legitimately get some like game theory that carries over and you learn different formations and you learn coverages and you learn all of these things that are very important. If you eventually want to cover the team, and then of course, when you start writing about the Packers and doing some of that stuff, it certainly helps out as well. So all of these things kind of helped in my background as well. So I got that passion from sort of early on attending Packer games. And then again, in college, I realized that, you know, I was gonna go for teaching and then just get my history degree, started working. And at that point, once once I started getting into the real world and everything, I just sort of realized like there's no way now, like, I'm not going to be like an NFL announcer. I'm not going to be a journalist. Like I'm not going to, I wasn't going to go back to school. So like, I just, there was nothing I was ever interested in, as you can probably tell, uh, that that was not my forte up until this point. Um, but I, you know, so I just, I basically am like, well, this is never going to happen. And then we started reaching the point of like blogs as well as Twitter and like things like this, where, you know, building your own websites, where there were other opportunities where you could at least maybe feed that passion a little bit. Maybe nothing was going to come of it. Probably nothing was going to come of it, but it will at least give me an avenue to do some of the things that I love. So I signed up on Twitter at Sports for those of you who remember that. And then I also uh, created a blog called Sports.com where I covered Packers, Brewers, Bucks, Badgers, basically Wisconsin sports, right? And I did that for a while, I did that for a year, and literally did a lot of the same stuff. I did grading the pack articles. I did I did so much work, like just an insane ridiculous amount of work. And like maybe 10 people would read in like a week. And most of them were friends or family members. That just kind of felt bad for me, I think. I don't actually know how much they actually read of it. And you just all of a sudden when you're pouring your everything into something and you just don't see any results. Like it's really difficult to continue to do. And then like all of a sudden, like a couple of trolls would show up and it was just it was like, All right, this is this is not worth my time, effort, and energy. So that was kind of the end of that, but I still sort of started to stay engaged on Twitter and eventually worked myself up to maybe, I don't know, maybe like a thousand followers or something on Twitter. And, you know, just talking packers with people. And then there became an opportunity with Titletown Sound Off, which is a Packers blog. And they were looking for some potential writers. So I'm like, all right, this way I don't have to do, like, you know, write something. There's a sort of an established community here. Like I could do an article every once in a while and that could be something that would be fun to do. And that was sort of my first foray into like more just focused Packer writing. But I maybe wrote like an article a month. It wasn't anything major. Like again, maybe I got up to like 2000 followers, something like that, just posting some stuff here and there, Uh, but nothing major, right? And then I got very lucky in a way where there was a game where Aaron Rodgers threw like five touchdown passes and pro football focus was becoming more and more popular at this point. This is before they gave like a grade out of a hundred. They either gave a positive or a negative grade, which is how I do things and how I sort of got my initial grading philosophy. They graded him, I think it was either like a very slight positive or like actually in the negative, and he, again, had like five touchdowns, no interceptions, like 300 plus yards, and everyone lost their crap on social media, as you could imagine. Here, Rodgers had this insane performance, like perfect passer rating, and Pro Football Focus gave him like a neutral or negative grade. And again, everyone lost their crap. So I had uh, reached out to to Jersey Al on and Cheesehead TV and said, hey, I've got this really cool idea. I would like to go, because I've done some of the grading in the pack, grading the pack stuff in the past. I would like to go through and break down this game and grade Aaron Rodgers' performance in that game and see if everyone's right and pro football focus is awful or if pro football focus is right and Aaron actually didn't have that good of a game. So they're like, yeah, that'd be great. So I did a guest spot on Cheesehead TV, uh, one article. It went over really well. I mostly... Like, agreed with Pro Football Focus. Like, Rodgers had a couple passes that, like, should have been picked, even one that could have been a pick six. And most of the touchdown stuff was, like, run after the catch where Rodgers would throw, like, a little dump off into the flat and then the guy would take it and do the rest of the work. Like, it wasn't that good of a game. The numbers looked way better than the performance. It was still a positive performance. And in fact, Pro Football Focus actually edited the score later and gave him more of a positive than what he originally got, which is basically where I ended up on it. But it got good reviews and, sort of put that aside to the moment, but that was my last thing. I worked a little bit more on title town sound off. Um, and then decided just, you know, I was going to take some time off, um, from doing any writing and, and that honestly was very close to probably just being it, like the end of my journey with everything. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. help. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all struggled with mental health in different ways, especially during the pandemic, and I'm certainly no different. Keeping myself centered mentally is such a huge part of my overall health goals, and that's where BetterHelp has helped me. BetterHelp has the ability to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, and the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, plus you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed, and it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. Plus, financial aid is available if needed. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com Packaday. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And of course, we have a special offer for Packaday listeners, as you can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com Packaday. Support for the Packaday podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off in free worldwide shipping with code PACADAY at manscaped.com. Friends, Inside this package, you're going to find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. And let me tell you a bit more about this lawnmower 4.0. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, sort of important, thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and has a 400k LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Right now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code packaday at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code packaday. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And then one day I started realizing that there were some potential scouting schools out there and there would have been nothing more than I would have loved. I told you my love for the draft, that never waned. It was always a huge passion of mine. So I decided I was going to get into the NFL draft. I wanted to become an NFL scout. And usually when I start becoming motivated for something, I get, I go from zero to a hundred like that. Like either I'm not motivated or we're going a million miles an hour. So I realized there were scouting schools you could take online. There was one through National Football Post led by Greg Gabriel, which I did first and completed that. And then there was another through Sports Management Worldwide, where they did a course that was led by Mark Dominic and Russ Landy, um, a scout and a former GM, um, and so on and so forth. And I took both of those classes, and I gained a better insight into scouting realized that I wanted to get into scouting, but the more that I dug into it, the more I realized it wasn't really realistic. Me, like we had just got Xavier, me traveling, you know, 365 days a year probably didn't make sense. And also I was at a point in my career already where I was making enough money where like, even if I went into scouting, I was going to take a serious, like even in the like one in a million chance where I got a scouting job, like it would, like I would have made less money than what I did already. And so newborn, just adopted, Just didn't make sense. Traveling the country, being away from the family and making less money than I did, it just didn't make a whole ton of sense. So I started to wonder like, okay, what else can I do with this? And then that's when I reached out to Cheesehead TV and said, hey, I know that you're potentially looking for some people for the upcoming season. I reached out to Jersey L because he, he was looking for some people potentially. I said, I've done this article for you in the past, which ended up being huge for me. So I just graduated from these two NFL scouting schools. I would love to do a feature on Cheesehead TV. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. This was June, to like 2017, June, 2017, five years ago five, not even like four and a half years ago, like we're, we'll come up on five years in a few months here. I had maybe two th- to 3000 followers on Twitter. I wasn't writing. I just finished up these two courses. Um, and we were just uh, in the process of almost adopting Elijah at that point, like just starting to finalize the process and things like that. And I reached out and he eventually got back to me and said. Yes, let's have you do this. We're gonna have you do like more analytical articles, breaking down film based on your scouting knowledge. Um, And you know what I said is, I want to do a grading the pack. I want to, I want to go all in on this. And I'm a sort of a lazy person by nature. And if 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 I'm not super motivated by something, if I don't go all in on it, so I knew that like if if I was gonna do something with this, it was now or never, and I had to go all in. So I was gonna do this really intense grading the pack, do these off-season articles where I broke down a ton of film, and I was going to go all in. I wanted to have something that was going to give people an insight in a different way. I was, I, I needed to do something that stood out and did different, or it was never going to amount to anything. And that's really when things started to change and started to happen, as people started to realize like that I was watching every player and every play and every snap, grading everything. It just gave me a set of eyes that a lot of people didn't have. And again, with the some of the stuff that I did in scouting school and things like that, it, like it, it gave me, you know, it, it gave the image at least of like this was somebody who was put together and knew what they were talking about. Good, bad, or indifferent. The truth is, a lot of the stuff that I knew, al- like I knew already. Like when I was doing it for Scotty Sports and things like that, it was a lot of the same stuff I was doing. But I didn't have the scouting courses, right? I didn't. I wasn't writing for Cheesehead TV. I didn't have any sort of like major following. And then everything just sort of took off from there. So that was a, a big piece of it. And then as I started doing that, I just started networking. I reached out to Marcus Eversall and said, hey, if you ever have a dead spot on, on the air, like you don't have anything to fill, so reach out to me and let's talk Packers for 15 minutes. And you know, there were other times where I'd reach out to other people and they'd be like, yeah, maybe we'll do something. And then nothing ever came of it. Right. But Marcus is like, hey, I've been thinking of having something more of like a, a film breakdown session. I think this could be really cool. Let me look into it and get back to you. Never expected to hear back. About a week and a half, maybe later, he got back to me and said, hey, we'd like to have you on on, I think it was Friday mornings at the time, you know, for 10, 15 minutes and and do an article. Like, and then what I did is I would base a specific article based on what we were gonna talk about on Fridays, write a whole article up, and then we would talk about it and we would post the, the audio on Cheesehead TV and started a relationship there, and I've been on uh, with Marcus on the radio every basically every week since since that point. And that just started from a, a random DM that said, "Hey, if you have ten minutes to fill and you don't have anyone to talk to, like, give me a call and let's ch- chat Packers." And that came out of it. Same thing happened with Lily Zhao. I, she was working at Channel Five, and I said, "Hey, you know, you ever have something that you need an expert to come on and talk? I would love to talk Packers. You know, don't have to pay me anything. You know, just I'll come on and chat." Um, and she said, you know, didn't have anything at the time. And then all of a sudden they were looking at a new panel for Green Bay Nation um, on a TV show. And they, I said, yeah, you know, I'd be happy to come on. And their goal was to have her and Marcus be the two primary people. And then they were going to have a rotating group of people that came on. They said, you come on week one and then, you know, we'll get people after that. So I came on week one. And I had no idea what I was doing. I don't think Marcus really did from a TV standpoint. Like, I think we were both expecting like some sort of coaching, and then all of a sudden it would be like three, two, one, and then like the cameras rolled, and we're like, "Well, here we freaking go!" Like, we're going to be on TV, and we, you know, no real clue what we were doing. I'm sure if you go back and watch that first episode, I'm sure I'm like trying to figure out what TV I'm supposed to look at or which camera I'm supposed to look at and everything, but figured it out. And did it, and it worked out great. And they liked me, so they said, You're going to do all the home games. And then week two was a home game, so I came back for week two. I did that one, and they said, You're going to do all of them from now on. So I'm like, All right, so I hopefully, I guess, impress them. And I've been on Green Bay Nation ever since. And, and a lot of this is just opportunity, and when getting the opportunity, taking the most of it. So that was, you know, how I got into doing the radio hits, and then more radio hit opportunities come. John Papadopoulos, I'm um, in lacrosse, I do. Um, you know, I do a show in, in, you know, Madison, I do a show in Milwaukee, like just a lot of different stuff. Heller and Davis I get to do every week, which is incredible. Like I've been on a ridiculous amount of random radio stations. It's just, it's nuts. It's still mind blowing to me. And again, this all really started about five, less than five years ago, which is still insane. So that is Green Bay Nation. And then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I should probably do a podcast. So Decided ultimately to start a podcast and wrote, you know, reached out on Twitter, said, Who wants to join me? I had 200 plus applicants, decided to narrow it down to about 20, started the Packet a Day podcast. And that's how that started. And, and that incredible journey, um, that was absolutely insane. And again, just had, did it basically on a whim and just was thinking about it, then thought of the name pack a day, immediately posted and the rest was history. It took a couple, maybe like a month to get everything together and then just started and you know, got everyone into groups and the rest was sort of history with pack a day. And then Ross Uglum got the, the job at Packer Report um, when Bill Huber went to SI and then Ross got the job at Packer Report and he needed somebody to be his kind of second in command and somebody that was in Green Bay. So I got that, which meant I got you know, the opportunity to be credentialed as a, you know, Green Bay Packard credential media member, which is still beyond crazy to me. And then uh, not too long ago, obviously a little over a year ago, I decided to do the YouTube channel as well. And all of these things have just sort of continued to progress exponentially in a way out of nowhere from like 3000 followers and no writing, no TV, no radio, no podcast, no video, less than five years ago to everything that is here right now. So I get asked all the time and kind of the thing that I wanted to go over is like, how do you get into sports? In a lot of ways, I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm not primarily in sports. I have a day job, I have a family, I have everything. This is my quote unquote side hustle. This is what I do for fun. This is my passion um, and I've sort of kept it that way. More on that in just a moment. But I think the first thing you have to realize is if that's what you're looking to do, if if like you wanna get into it and you're working now, you're not just like going into school, it's gonna take a lot of sacrifice. It is a it is a grind. I gave up basically like movies and TV and like people ask me, well, did you see this movie? Did you see this TV show? No. I've been watching draft prospects. I've been literally breaking down tapes so I can talk about things. I've been literally going on radio shows. I've been doing the podcasts. I've been shooting the videos. I've been doing all this stuff. That's that's my that's my free time. That's my spare time. That's my fun. There is a lot of grind that goes into it. The next thing I would tell you is specialize in something. Everyone wants to talk about football. Everyone wants to talk about the Packers, right? There are a million people that you can go and follow that talk about the Packers or the NFL or you have to do something that is going to set yourself apart that is going to get you noticed. Don't just cover the draft. Don't just cover corners in the draft. Cover something very specific about corners in the draft that becomes your expertise or don't just cover the Packers and don't just cover you know, how the offense works, figure out a specific scheme, specific thing, or like figure out your niche that you can master. Now you have to have like a well-rounded knowledge of everything, so continue to get that along the way, but whatever it is, Figure out something that you're passionate about that you think is really fun to cover. Ken Ingalls is a great example, right? Salary cap. That's his thing. Now yeah, he understands packers overall, but salary cap is his thing. That is his niche. That is how he what is he, you know, what he's an expert at. And that's what he talks about. You know, for me, it's the grading the pack. You know, for others, it's it's all different stuff. And then I think from there, once you become an expert, right? Like Aaron Nagler sort of wrote the playbook for this. Um, in a lot of ways, is you know he became you know he started very narrow and and sort of like the Packer fan stuff, but now. Um, You know, he talks about a variety of Packer topics and I'm very similar in the same way where at the beginning it was more focused on individual player, a tape that I was breaking down. And now because I received that following and um, sort of did a lot, do a lot of that work with the grading, the pack. Now I can have a more broad general discussion about the Packers and don't have to dig in quite so narrow. I can be more broad about it, but you have to start by sort of specializing in something. The next thing I would say is just start doing it. You're never going to do it if you don't start somewhere you have to start somewhere and you just have to start doing it if you don't do that it's you you know it's never going to start like the podcast for me right i had no equipment like go look at my first youtube video or go listen to the first pack a day like i'm doing like off a small microphone and like I, i had never hosted a podcast before i had no idea what i was doing but i did it and i got through it the first time i did tv the last time that i was on camera before green bay nation the first time i did it I got stopped at a mall and they wanted to interview me for something and I froze up. I could barely talk. I like, I had no, and I was like in high school, right? Like I had no idea. I was like literally camera shy. So all of a sudden I'm like, Hey, come down and we're going to shoot you for Green Bay Nation. I'm like, okay. Um, and it, I just did it. I just talked sports and it was awesome and it was great. And it worked out really well. But if you don't start somewhere and you don't start doing it, it's literally never going to happen. And then, of course, networking is going to be a huge part of that as well. If I didn't reach out to Marcus Eversall if I didn't reach out to Lily Zhao, if I didn't deal with rejection prior to that, um, and if I would have quit due to that rejection, I'd never be where I'm at now. So you just have to do some of those things. You just have to dig in, and you have to start somewhere. Otherwise, it's you know, it's never going to get off the ground. It's never going to get you know up and running. You just have to kind of take that that leap of faith a little bit, if you will. So that is sort of my journey into sports. I have a couple other things that I wanted to cover really quickly. Um, Something that, you know, some things that I have learned. One, when it comes to social media, as some of you may know, I block pretty easily on social media and I have gladly and proudly uh, earned the label of soft on social media for blocking people or not getting into heated arguments with people Um, and just blocking and, and moving on that is a form of self-preservation for me. And what I mean by that is because I have a day job that pays all the bills and does everything and all of this other stuff is fun, the moment that this does not become fun for me, I'm out. I'm not doing it anymore. So tomorrow if I wake up and doing pack a day, or pack a day the audio will always stay because that team is special and I love doing it and we will do that forever, that's not a question. But if the video or writing for Packer Report or like doing all like just covering the team, being credentialed, if that doesn't become fun anymore, I'm out. So if, if everyone on Twitter, if if I'm just like navigating trolls all day and fighting with people that I have no interest in associating with, that doesn't become fun. And then I'm out. So that is a huge reason as to why I do that. I think I'm a lot different than most people in this, right? This is not my full-time job. This is not what I do primarily. This is for fun and i have the ability and i've sort of set it up in a way one of the reasons i got out of coaching soccer coaching soccer was my favorite thing to do in the world if i could do anything in the world i would have been coaching soccer and then i became the head coach for kakana high school for jv and assistant for varsity and guess what i got paid for it this should've been the greatest thing ever it became work i didn't enjoy it quite as much anymore i got like i had to be paid to be specific places and it was it became a grind and i didn't enjoy it And I ultimately ended up stopped doing it and going in a different direction, even though it was at one point, my favorite thing to do in the entire world. I didn't want that to be the case with covering the Packers. And the moment that this becomes something that I don't want to do anymore, like I said, I'm out and I I can, I've set it up so that I can basically drop everything. Like I said, I will always do the audio pack a day. That's never going to be in question. That team is amazing and we'll do that forever, but I can drop everything else tomorrow and it's not going to affect me in my family, my financials, anything one iota. And again, I've set that way up on purpose. So yeah, I'm gonna not interact with you on social media and block people and people get upset and be like, what, you don't want me to listen to Packer Day or be a follower? I would love to, but I'm not gonna debate you and you know get in arguments with you. That's not what I'm doing this for. That's not fun to me. So yeah, that is who I am. And I always ask, like, is this somebody I would want to interact with in my actual life? The answer is no, see you later. I don't wanna interact with you on social media. The other thing you know, that I get a lot of questions on is, you know, obviously I'm I'm not a member of the beat. I do not get to everything. I, and I want to be very clear on that. And I think there's a very clear distinction there. Uh, people will say like, oh, you're a member of the beat. I'm not a member of the beat. I'm not there enough to be a member of the beat. I don't even consider myself technically like Packers Media. I know I'm credentialed. I know that, you know, I'm obviously on TV doing it. I know I'm on the radio doing it. I don't consider myself like Packers media. If you want to, that's fine. I consider myself an analyst. I analyze the games. I analyze the tape. I analyze what I see and I break it down. That's how I view myself. If you want to view me as media or whatever, that's fine. But a lot of questions when you're in media is like, you're not supposed to be a fan of the team, right? And there's certainly people that are. There's people, especially in radio, you'll see it from time to time. Clearly, you know, Aaron Nagler, very much a fan of the team. And then you'll see other people that will maybe fake it a little bit more and pretend that they're not really a fan when they actually are. Um, for me, that's never been an issue. To me, it is very clear and cut and dry, just like I'm in HR, right? When, I, when I'm in HR and doing my job as a director, I have to wear an HR hat. I can't be easy, fun, go lucky Andy and you know do whatever I want. Like Andy at the bar is a lot different than Andy as a you know director at Russell Tobin. Those are two very different Andys. The same thing goes with covering the Packers. Andy at home watching his TV, Um, and enjoying the game uh, or in the stands, if I'm sitting in the stands in section 102, watching the game, that is a very different Andy than the Andy that's in the press box or asking questions in a Zoom chat or um, covering the team in any capacity. Fan Andy dies in those situations to to, to some extent. And the, the difference that I want to make there is why I embrace being a fan of the team is A, I can separate church from state in those situations when need be, but B, I understand what I want to write about and talk about because I am a fan. Like I, like it, it starts by like, what would I want to know? And because I have that innate interest in the team of knowing like these deep topics and the salary cap and the, like all those discussions, because that's what I want to know. I know that a lot of people are going to have that same thirst for the same knowledge. I don't have to like think outside the box and be like, I wonder what Packer fans would want to hear about today. I know what I want to hear about. So I'm going to go do a deep dive and research it. And then I'm going to spit that back out to you guys. So yes, I know that some people really want that. And I think it's important in a lot of cases for some people in the media to have that separation. I think Rachel Hottmeyer is a great example of that. And it makes sense for her to have that distinction and not be biased in one way. For me, that is not an issue. And that's not something that I ever want to change. And then last but not least, I get the question all the time, Andy, You know, are you ever going to do sports full time? I don't know. I've always leaned. No, there is maybe a better opportunity now than there ever has. uh, But I love my job. I really love my day job and it's an amazing job and I love my team and I love my bosses and I love the company and I love everything about it. And as I mentioned, I never want it to be to the point like where all of a sudden I'm doing stuff and I'm reporting to somebody where now like I have to cover a specific topic about the Packers, right? You know, there's a lot of people who do a lot of amazing articles. Like Wes, I think Wes wrote this amazing art. Wes Hotkowitz wrote this amazing article on Mercedes Lewis and his journey to the NFL and so on and so forth. It was incredibly well done. I loved reading it. I would hate writing that. If all of a sudden I was like reporting to somebody and it goes back to me in school, right? If it was a subject I love, I'm all in and I'm going to go a million miles for you. If it's a subject I don't care about, it's, I'm going to half-ass it and just try to get through it with the least amount of effort possible. And that's not what I want to do. Everything that I do on Pack a Day, everything that I do on Pack a Report, everything that I do with these topics and discussions is to the best of my ability. And I don't ever want that to change. So I've been very strategic with it up until this point. I do think there's potentially opportunities down the road where things could happen for the first time, um, but I don't necessarily foresee it happening. And nor at this point do I want that to happen. Like I said, I love my job and uh, I really like balancing the two. And we'll just kind of see where it goes from here. But as of now, I am a... Director at Russell Tobin, associate director at Russell Tobin, is my primary job, and in the meantime, I get to do all this fun stuff with Packaday and everything else that I do on the side, and I couldn't be happier and I couldn't love it anymore. Real quick, thank you to a you who listened and and uh, joined me in all of it. Like I, I can't thank you enough. I want to give a thank you to Cheesehead TV for a lot of the opportunity that they did. Jersey Al, Aaron Negler, Corey Banky, Packer Report, Ross Uglum the entire TV team, the entire Pack-a-Day team, anyone that's ever been on Pack-a-Day, Andrew Murte Jacob Westendorf, Kyle Fellows, Steve Perhatch, Dusty Evely, Mark Eckel, Maggie Loney, Sarah Kelleher, Jason Perone, Mike Wentland, Paul Brettel, um, Dan Kotnik, Matt Frelick, Jake Morley, Nick Schmitz, Tyler Grezegorek, Janelle Mackey, Ross Uglum, Gage Bridgeford, Jimmy Christensen, um, Jake Turner, uh, Perry Goldstein, um, Alex, Chris, Owen, Ben, Zach, Eli, Josh, Trevor, Matub, Russell, Rob Rieger, Brennan Rupp, all of you guys could not thank you enough. Um, you mean the world to me. And like I said, Packaday will never, ever go anywhere because of all of you guys. So appreciate you so much. Huge thank you to Lily Zhao, Kelly Price, MK Burgess, Marcus Eversall, Rachel Hotmeyer, Ben Fennel mostly my wife and kids for being flexible with me. And again, to you, the fans and the listeners, I apologize if this was maybe not the episode again that you were looking for, but I appreciate you joining me. That's a little bit more, probably way too much than you ever wanted to know about me, how I got into this, why I do what I do. And thank you for letting me do this day in and day out. It means the world to me and I wouldn't be here without you. That does it for me, but until next time, and as always go Go.